it started to resonate within me that it's okay if you're girly. It doesn't make you any less capable. And if people don't take you seriously, that's on them. That has nothing to do with my own ability. And being able to own that was very powerful. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. I'm Jan. And I'm Erin. We're best friends, mother and daughter, rural entrepreneurs, and business partners of over two decades. Over 23 years ago, we jumped into the world of entrepreneurship in search of our big purpose. Three years ago, our hard work paid off when we launched an international print magazine, Trailblazer, and business membership. Through these, we have one mission, to empower rural women by helping them build successful businesses, all while cultivating the rural lifestyles they love. So through guest interviews and shows with just the two of us, we'll be chatting about topics like growth mindset, intuition, entrepreneurship, grit, resilience, and so much more. We're going to equip you with the know-how to navigate the sometimes murky waters of entrepreneurship. So whether you're rural, rural-hearted, or intrigued by the rural way of life, get ready to challenge yourself while learning from our experiences and other rural entrepreneurs as we explore the endless opportunities that lie ahead. Together, we can create something extraordinary. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. Today, we're talking with Kristen Graves of Fifth Gen Gardens. This is a follow-up from an article she wrote in her fall 2023 issue number 12 of Trailblazer magazine. Her article is called Embracing the Softer Side of Farming. So after a decade of working in healthcare, Kristen has found her way back to her roots and is now moving into her seventh season with Fifth Gen Gardens. Not only does she have a three-acre market garden, but she is also learning the family business of grain farming and grows close to 75,000 bulbs of hardneck garlic. Kristen enjoys creating unique garlic products using her very own homegrown garlic bulbs and incorporates many farm-forged wild ingredients. Her heart is happiest while in the field, and she is deeply committed to cultivating connections through the food she grows. Enjoy. Oh my gosh, we are so excited for this interview. When we first saw the photos come in for your article, Kristen, for our fall issue, we were just blown away. And then coupled with the message that you have in your article, we're so excited to dive in today. So just want to say welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here as well. Okay, for our listeners who don't know a thing about you, tell us, who are you? My name is Kristen, like you said, and I have Fifth Gen Gardens. A little bit of my backstory is I grew up on our farm. I was always very connected to the land and being out in the field with my parents and everything like that. But I never actually worked on the farm and I never really envisioned myself as a farmer. My story actually starts in healthcare. That's where my career was. And I'm actually an x-ray tech. I moved away from the farm and went to school up in Edmonton and I worked at the UVA hospital in Edmonton for the better part of a decade. And then just I'd had enough of it. It was a lot of trauma. It was a lot of heartache and all these things that just didn't sit well with me anymore. Long story short, I ended up back at the farm. And my contribution out here is a market garden, as well as a large garlic crop. So with all of that, I've become more and more involved on the farm. I'm learning the grain operation. My dad and I cut hay together. And I started with vegetable subscriptions through my garden. I've fed, the first year I fed 10 families. I've gone as high as 85 per week, which was a lot. (laughs) I also have incorporated working with local restaurants, so I provide them with farm fresh ingredients. And 
throughout the winters, I spend my time making specialty garlic products and specializing in all things garlic at the moment. So cool. And one of the one of the things about your article that was, I don't know, captivating or pulled both of us in is because we hear this all the time. Women are trying to find their place. There have been a lot of stereotypes around women in farming and labels and everything. And I know you had used the term farm girl strong as the opening in the article. I'm just wondering, what is your sense of what that means or what do people think of when they hear that? And what does that mean to you now? And is that something that you're challenging or going with or yeah, tell us more about that. I think uh, for myself, it's a blend of both sides of that, right? Um, when I say farm girl strong, I allude to the fact that there is this, like you say, a stigma where you're meant to be tough. You have to be out there and there's no crying in the field and you have to be resilient. And it's okay to be all of those things, but it's also okay to be slightly more in tune with your emotions or a little bit more sensitive or a little softer. And I find for myself, it's a lot easier to act tough than to be those things. But I'm so much better if I can find a way to do that. And it's just that balancing act of figuring out which way to go. I completely agree with you. And actually, we just had a conversation earlier this week on that. And one of the main takeaways was we can be both. As women Absolutely. in what are traditional men roles, we can be both. And I think our greatest strength and power as women comes from that. It comes from our vulnerability. It comes from our soft underbelly and how we nurture and take care and tend to things and people. And so I just love that, Kristen, because I think that is our strength. And if we can learn to embrace that and be in a community that supports being both, then everyone will win, especially being vulnerable. If there's a lady out there, she's sitting in her tractor right now, combining, and she's thinking, I wonder what, how femininity can come out in farming or how can I own that feminine side? What advice would you have for her or what would you say in words of encouragement? Because maybe she's struggling to, to fit in or be acknowledged for the work that she does. What would you say to her? I think the best advice that I could ever give somebody is to just be authentic to who you are. There are so many ways that you could try to fit into a certain role or what you portray. And if you feel that you have to act a certain way just to fit in on the farm, it's never going to work. It's always going to feel like you're just, you're never being your full self or your true self, mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, that's where all of this beauty comes from, is from being able to portray yourself in a way that you're proud of, in a way that feels good to you and when that happens that's where your confidence comes from right and with that these are tough jobs this is not an easy thing to do even the lifestyle it's all you're running on no sleep half the time and you're racing against the elements and it's tough but if you have that simple confidence just from the fact that you're thinking like hey I'm me I'm the best version of me I can do this and I think that is like I said, the best advice that I could give anybody. So how do you balance then? So typically on the farm, especially during harvest, women are doing the meals and the men are out in the field. 
How do you find balance with that yourself? Where's your path in figuring that out on the day to day? Or does it change on the day to day? I, I think it does. And I think having realistic expectations is the first battle in that or the first step in that. I can appreciate that when you look at my Instagram or you read my article or you see my stories here, you see me out in front. You see me in the field with my dad. I'm actually out there growing and doing a lot of this on my own. But at the same time, I think the biggest thing is that you get to choose which way you want to go. If you want to be somebody that maybe providing the field meals is what you like to do and you don't want to operate the equipment, that's totally okay. The point is that you get to choose. You don't have to be out in the field to be an integral part of the farm. And when you look back at older generations, say my grandma, for example, she was out there milking cows. She was raising babies. She was cooking. She did everything, but she was very silent and in the background. And I think that the main difference here is not so much that we're groundbreakers or that we're doing something totally unexpected. It's just the fact that we're actually acknowledging that we're doing it. And I think you probably hit on a key point there is that they were silent in the background. Any farming family from from years ago, 20, 30, 40 years ago, will verify like mom or grandma was out there working hard all day long too. But I think women have now chosen to, because there's so many new opportunities in farming these days with technology and everything. And I think women are looking for unique ways to stand out in their field. So have you seen like in your sphere of contacts, women, even the garlic farm, tell us, like, I've never seen a garlic wreath before and all of those things. And so like, how did that come to you? That to me is a new take on it. Yeah, I tend to be a pretty creative person. I like working with my hands that way. So for me, going from the act of growing to this crafting is very natural to me, right? But I, I feel like, why not? It's something that garlic braids or wreaths or what I have you, they're traditional ways to store garlic. And it's not just the act of adding in little flowers that make it beautiful and more feminine. And it's a great way to show that there's other sides to farming than just dirt and like equipment or whatever. And I think that would be inspiring to women looking at that because out on the land, out on the farm, the ranch, the homestead, whatever it is, there's so many raw materials. And I think the difference nowadays is that women are looking at them and going, what could I create with that? So whether you're foraging and making soap and, and lotions or whatever it is from things that have always been there and you just look at them through new eyes. Do you think that's one of the beauties that women add to the mix now is that there just are different eyes looking out and saying, what's possible here? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the, the opportunities are endless there once you start looking into them, right? There's a lot of traditional uses for those natural sources, such as high bush cranberries, for example. Where we live, we have a river valley. The Battle River runs through most of our property. And cranberries grow wild down there. They're very abundant. 
And my grandma used to pick them and make cranberry jelly with them. And when I started doing this garlic thing, it was just, I wanted to find a way to incorporate that because it, it's been a part of our family or this river is part of our family and it's a cool way or a unique way to share it with your customers. And so I, instead of making them into jelly, I dehydrated them and added them in with a blend of herbs and raw garlic and made a poultry seasoning. But it's still that sense of home and that sense of family that still comes through with it, right? And you're inviting people to be part of something so much bigger than just my farm or my garlic. It's this, it's a life story, which I think is really unique. And like you say, it's something that women do bring to the table or they're starting to look for ways to bring to the table. That's brilliant. And I, that's exactly what we're witnessing in with the Trailblazer community is that like the modern rural woman is looking at different ways to utilize the resources and the land and leveraging that in turning it into opportunities for businesses or side hustles. And I get goosebumps when I say that because you're the prime example of what modern women are doing combined with technology and social media and innovating in ways that has have never been done before. And for us, that's so inspiring. And that just leads me, if you don't mind, I'm going to read my favorite paragraph from your article and then we can jump into it. So he, you said, with each step, I have learned to use the things that make me de- different as secret weapons. The inherent desire to prove that I could handle this pushed me to work harder and arm myself with traits to ensure success. Finding my passion has created an opportunity for me to cultivate the best version of myself. This journey has given me a new sense of self-assuredness that has allowed me to let go of any stereotypes once and for all. For the first time in five generations, our land and farming knowledge is being passed down from father to daughter instead of father to son. And I am exceptionally proud to forge my own path forward that highlights a feminine side of farming. Thank you. (laughs) You look emotional. Well, I get emotional reading that. I think that's, I can... I feel the weight of what that would mean to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's one thing to have it in my head, but then to hear it out loud being read, like that's very powerful. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we look at what you're doing and what, you're, what you've said. You're really bridging the past and all the traditions and the biases and the beliefs and all of that to the present, but taking it forward into the future. And that's that's just... I I hope you see yourself as a role model because that's what young women, any age women really need to do is give themselves permission to do that. And when we're doing it alone, it can feel really tough if there's not a lot of support for striking out on a new path. And yet you've done that. So what do you think are some of the things that, that you've used to fortify yourself? For example, with your dad passing on the knowledge and everything to you, how did you guys get to that place? What was that discussion like? Were there tears? I'm incredibly stubborn. The very great thing about my parents, and I'm, I'll be forever grateful to them for this, is that they never forced us into the farm. When I was 16, I was boy crazy and a ballerina. And, and quite honestly, I could care less about the tractors. Like, it really wasn't my thing. And I wanted to work in healthcare. So my parents very graciously allowed for that to happen, gave me space to grow. And with it, when I made the decision to come back to the farm, it held so much more meaning to it. 
it wasn't just an expectation. This was me proving that I really wanted this. And I think that there's a whole nother level of appreciation when you're given that opportunity to come at it, um, maybe with your adult eyes or just knowing what life is like without it and coming back to it and yeah. all of that. Yeah, our family has been really wonderful. My parents both. When I said I wanted to quit my job, they they didn't tell me no. They just made sure I thought it through and said, okay, what do you need? When I wanted to learn more about the farm and the grain and stuff, it was definitely not very easy and there was a lot of growing pains. But my dad put me in the seat of different equipment, yeah. taught me how to operate them, and for better or for worse, here we are. <laughs> I know that not all women have that kind of experience, though, and it's something that I do like to acknowledge because you are, a lot of what you are is based on who you have to support you, but it's so hard to do things completely on your own, and I'm very fortunate. I have a very understanding partner who, when I said, hey, I'm going to quit my job and be a farmer, he was like, all right, yeah, let's do this, and, and I don't think that there's always men like that who can support a woman who's very headstrong and taking on the non-typical gender roles. That can be a very hard place for some people. But yeah, so I'm very fortunate in that way. I think that I can attribute a lot of my success to the fact that I do have all of that support. And you're stubborn. And I like that. <laughs> that just means strong <laughs> in our books. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the entrepreneurship side. So you're coming from a healthcare background. How have you navigated now having your own business, entrepreneurship, marketing, as we all know, wearing all the hats that we have to do to kick things off? Like, how has that transition been for you? And I'm sure it's a work in progress, as we all are as we're growing our businesses, but can you speak a little bit about that? Hey guys, Jan and Aaron here. We want to take a second to tell you about Trailblazer. You know, the magazine that inspires the very guests we have on the show. So Trailblazer is a quarterly keepsake magazine that celebrates and connects you to the lifestyles and entrepreneurial dreams of resilient, gutsy, rural women across North America. From ranchers, makers, homesteaders, women in egg and beyond, it really is the perfect companion for those seeking a tangible connection to the rural way of life through the eyes and hearts of rural women. So we believe rural is a mindset. It's a way of living and how we connect to the land, the animals, and the people around us. And our Keepsake magazine is perfect for those wanting to connect to the way of rural through compelling storytelling, immersive design, and the heartfelt writing of rural women who live on the prairies, in the mountains, by the sea, and beyond. Each issue showcases the beauty and the challenges of navigating rural life with a growing business, feature stories, nourishing recipes, valuable life skills, mindset and development tips, plus unique and refreshing perspectives to bring the heart of rural into your home and life. You guys, it's really one of the most beautiful magazines you'll ever get your hands on. And we would love for you to find out more at www.trailblazerco.com and explore the stories that await you beyond the city limits. It absolutely is a work in progress. That's something that doesn't happen just overnight. And there was a lot of trial and error for sure. But one of the really cool things about social media is that it allows you to have role models at your fingertips, right? So I would follow accounts that I would you know, I would look up to or these other women who are operating farms and doing all this stuff. And it was where I started, where I would see where th what they were doing. And then I try, try to put it into my own business. Somehow. 
The other thing is, I feel like a little bit uh, that imposter syndrome sometimes where people start throwing out this term entrepreneur and I'm like, oh no, I'm just growing stuff. I'm a farmer. It says this and that. And But it's true. Like it, You have to know how to do your books. You have to know how to market. You have to do all these things. And when you stop to think about it, farmers are entrepreneurs. And then trying to add in this line of value-added products with the garlic, that was whole new territory. And it's, I find it's a lot easier to navigate when you're passionate about it. I'm very passionate about our story on the farm. I also really love to eat. I'm very good at connecting with people over that. So I think that helped a lot. You get positive feedback and people like what you're putting out there. And then it's a lot easier to want to market it or put yourself out there. I love that. Since starting your business and being in business, has it brought you some really cool, like unexpected opportunities that you never would have guessed have landed in your lap or collabs? You mean the Trailblazer article? I wasn't actually thinking. (laughs) But no, absolutely. There have been some really amazing opportunities that I would have never had come across had I stayed in the life I was living before. A lot of working with local restaurants and getting to be part of their menus and doing farm-to-table dinners with different chefs. That's been a very cool collaboration that's come through all of this. We've done so many different things. Last spring, we did a black garlic beer, a stout beer with a local brewery that I actually went to high school with the guy that runs it. So we reconnected and it was fun. It was a great night. We had a cast night. We've done black garlic macarons cookies with a local baker and it's all these little things that just I find it's really inspiring to work with other small business owners or other entrepreneurs that way because you can bring if you both bring what you do best to the table you usually end up with something very incredible and extremely unique yeah it creates an entity so much bigger than just the two parts of it right yeah yeah I'm listening to the languaging you're using and I'm just ticking the boxes in my mind of trailblazer because you talked about passion. You talked about breaking stereotypes, creativity, innovation, collaborating. Like those are all the things that we define as trailblazer. And when you are one, you think that everyone else is the same as you. But if you were probably to compare your current self to your former healthcare self, you're probably just living in a different mindset altogether. So can you own that in terms of Yeah, I know it's probably great to have an article in Trailblazer and whatnot, but do you own that for yourself that you see yourself in that way? Absolutely. It is sometimes hard, like you say, to think that you're unique in that because you would just assume everybody else feels that way. But when you take a step back, I do see myself that way. And it also, when I look back at what I was like before I started fifth gen, that's something that make me incredibly proud of where I am. Not that I was anything less. It was just very different. And I think that when you're following your passion and you're actively trying to make things happen for yourself that way, it's a very different mindset. And it also, you put out a lot of different energy that way too, right? Given my experience in healthcare, the end of my career wasn't a very positive situation. And I feel like I I would love nothing more to just go back to that girl who's very broken and very sad and 
going through a very tough time and just tell her like keep pushing through because life is about to get so good and so much better and it's all going to be so worth it. I love that we have that conversation all the time in that as women, when we decide or take that first step into that journey, like that pursuit of uncovering how our passions and skills and talents can align for us in our 23 plus years together. And we've both been through divorce, we've moved internet, like there, we've been through a lot of stuff like everyone has, but nothing has shaped us and grown us the way that entrepreneurship has and that pursuit of passion and purpose for us individually and together as mother and daughter. So I just want to say I completely acknowledge and see that in you and everyone listening too, because it's hard. There's we there's a lot of wonderful days and the self-fulfillment that you can feel from it, but a lot of it, there's some hardness to it. And it's those moments that that knowing that we're on the right path, no matter how hard it is, that can get us through it. And just the fact that you're becoming more of who you are meant to be through this choice and the leaving healthcare and doing what you're doing now, you're so obviously on the right path. And that must just feel so good. It does. And I do tend to separate the way I think about my life in the before and after. And I do feel like the before version of me was a shell. It was I was happy and I had joy and I did lots of great things, but it was never to this level or this caliber of it. And it, it just makes me appreciate it so much more that I have found that. Yeah. And I just want to throw the word in there, becoming, like we're all becoming more of who we are. And I really like the point that Aaron just made with regards to that. And I would say to anyone who's listening, who just look at yourself as becoming, and Kristen was saying about at a point feeling broken and all the rest of that. So for anyone listening, there, there's always just the next step forward and the next step forward. And I think listening to your story, that's what it was for you. The next decision and yeah, and just moving forward to what feels like the real you or pulls you into figuring out how to okay. use your skills and talents in the world in a way that that hits your heart too and then adds value out to the world. So. For you, in deciding to make that transition, what was the scariest part of that? What held the most fear for you? I was walking away from a very steady paycheck and a good career into the unknown. And I say that because farming is so dependent on the world around you, right? You're, you could do everything right and a hailstorm comes in and wipes out everything you've worked for. Or the markets change or there's always... There's so much unknown, whereas healthcare is very steady. It's always, we always need that. So that was really tough for me. Uh, I think the hardest day actually was when I had quit my job. It was like the first, uh, maybe two days after. And we'd had a really dry spring. It was very similar to this year, actually. And I was standing in my garden and I didn't have irrigation set up yet. And all of my seedlings were dying. They were, they were running out of water. I was trying to water 200 foot rows by hand with a watering can. It was just a disaster. Oh. And I literally sat down in the dirt and cried because I was like, I just made the worst mistake of my life. What did I do? <laughs> but like you say, you just take one step at a time. And I'd worked, I'd worked for about two years juggling both my job and the business and up until that point to make that first step. So it wasn't like I hadn't planned it out. It was just, it was very overwhelming in the moment. 
And it did work out okay. It's just one of those things that it, it hits you in the face when it when it's happening yeah. for the first time and you're just all of a sudden, you're like, what did I do? Yeah. 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 Because it's the reality check is the reality <laughs> it check. Is, right? And it all start. That's how our businesses start is we're inspired by the idea of something. And in our minds, we tend to glorify it. And but that's what that's actually it's a good thing, because if we didn't glorify it at first, no, none of us would start it if we knew what it actually took. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put this yoke around my neck. I'll drag it around <laughs> for however long. But, you know, tell me what. So even just in that moment and you lived through it, and you came through it and here you are years later. What did that develop in you? Like what you did it, you got through it. So how would you phrase who you're becoming because of it? And moments like that, what is it? There's no easy questions around here. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're good questions though. I feel like I, I really have learned to believe in myself and my ability, which is easier said than done. Absolutely. But Every season, this is my seventh season now that I'm just finishing up. And every season, there's something very different that goes horribly wrong, whether that's the drought or it's a cutworm infestation or flooding. There's always something. And every year I make it through. So it's a learned habit or a learned trait that I now just believe in my abilities. If it doesn't work out, I've got backup plan B, C, all the way through G ready to go. And it's just something that I think a lot of small business owners take on because the world of being your own boss or what have you, it's very uncertain. And there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And I think you just naturally develop this ability to think 10 steps ahead of everything. Your brain never really shuts off for better or for worse. It's how I operate. And it's a very good feeling being able to count on myself. There's not really a lot of other things that you really can count on, especially in agriculture, like I said, there's so many unknowns and the weather and everything like that. But if you know that you're going to be able to handle it and you can control how you react to it, I think that's 100% half the battle, if not more. Love that. Love that. What would you say is the number one challenge for you running a rural business? Because we all know we're not urban. Rural comes with its own challenges. What for you has been the most most challenging aspect of that? So we're a bit off the beaten path. We're about a half hour away from Wetaskiwin, an hour from Edmonton. I find it's really challenging sometimes because people want to come out to the farm to shop or they want to see the farm store. They want to come for tours and all these different things. And it's great. And I really do love being able to share it. But we're also an operational farm still. So I find trying to figure out how best to deliver our products or make our products accessible while still working in the field it's very challenging at times and this past year I have started going to markets more often where I find it easier if I go to the people as opposed to having the people come to us and especially because we are a long way away from anything else you have to make a point of coming out to us which if you're just picking up your order from a bin that we left out or something that's some people like a scenic drive but that's not really what everybody's expecting right and I find that doing the market helps with that and it's also just having the time to do all of that I think that's the biggest challenge for me is I need to be in like five places all at once and trying to prioritize where I'm best suited for in that moment that's that can be really difficult 
Yeah, we hear that. <laughs> there are only so many hours in a day and there's this only so much any one of us can do. And that that is very much a common challenge that we find that rural entrepreneurs face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question, social media, because social media is something that allows all of us with no budget to start and build a community, market our businesses really get our branding, our business personality across. So how do you, as a rural woman in business, how do you leverage social media or what is important to you in the way that you show up on there? I think above all else, it's so important to have a full transparency to what you're doing. There's a lot of sides of farming that are the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think that it tells a lot when you're able to show all sides. It's not just the highlight reel. And being, it's a way to help you be authentic. And I know I said that earlier in this interview, but I just feel like that word holds so much. If if you're able to be authentic, people gravitate towards that and they can see that, they can feel it and they appreciate. And it is very easy to want to show only your best on social media and the biggest produce you or whatever, that I think that you become a lot more approachable or realistic when you can show that, yeah, I did grow this big, beautiful cauliflower, but I also lost half my crop to cupworms this year. Ooh. And people relate to that, right? You become very relatable. Yeah, so true. So true. Again, social media is a tool that, gosh, a woman wouldn't have had 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. but certainly not 30 and 40 years ago. So that's just a really cool thing that is helping put women's faces and names and products and services out to the world, which is really cool. So what do you think the future looks like Mm -hmm. for enterprising, entrepreneurial, rural women? If you were just to sum it up in a couple of statements or your vision or your forecast for where women could go where do you think that's headed talk about the hard question (laughs) i know trying to figure out how to put that one into words but i do think that there is definitely space for more women to gravitate towards that and with social media being so accessible and everything else that goes with that we're building a community of rural women who are entrepreneurs and we all understand the struggles that go with that. And I I think that in itself is going to allow a lot more women to be a part of, of it, right? They it, it be, makes it seem a lot more possible. I love that. And I'm so glad you brought that word community in. And I think it's true and that the more women join up together, collaborate, partner, talk, share share their triumphs, share their challenges. It invites more women to own it for themselves. And I just really think that your what you stand for and what you're doing is part of that showing women what's possible. And we just really appreciate that you've shared your behind the scenes of what that's and how you got there. And we really Yeah, just appreciate that. And how would you describe what's the future for Fifth Gen Gardens? Where are you headed? Oh, who knows? I always like to say that's a question to ask me more in like the spring, not at the end of a very tired thing. But no, it's something that 
we're constantly talking about throwing out ideas. Being able to support myself year-round off the farm with the garlic business has been something that um, I've been working towards for quite a while, and I hope that I'll be able to actually continue that um, or grow that, I should say. Uh, we're also at a point in our farm where we're transitioning acres of cropland into alfalfa field, and so I'm hoping to take on a bigger role uh, for myself in that. and. In doing so, it helps um, kind of shape what our farm's future is going to look like as well. So it's something that I never say for sure this is what's going to happen or this absolutely won't happen. Because if you'd asked me 10 years ago if I was going to be a farmer, I would have absolutely laughed at you and said no. I like to be open to all of the possibilities that can come this way. And hopefully we find a future that's can fit into our family's farm and the legacy that we have out here as well as what works best for my own personal life and what that brings and it's a very it's a very hard question for me to answer <laughs> and being that entrepreneurship nowadays like to have a 10-year plan nobody has a 10-year plan technology is changing so quickly the everything is changing mm -hmm. quickly but i just love that you have the attitude of I'll grow with it, I'll build with it, and we'll keep experimenting and the curiosity to do that. So I think I think that really does answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say too, in your article in the fall issue, I love that you like you're wearing like a goddess dress. You've got makeup on. You look like an angel, honestly. <laughs> like you're it's gorgeous. But I love that you showed your confidence in that you are a farmer, but you can still look beautiful and feel beautiful while you're doing it. Because I think there's this kind of stigma that I don't want to wear makeup. I don't want to do my hair while I'm doing the dirty work because then it diminishes my work or it makes me, people won't take me seriously if I look feminine or like a woman doing a dirty job. And I just love that you portrayed that. And so that kind of ties into to your rebranding. What prompted that rebranding and the whole garlic goddess theme. I'm just really curious about that. Like you say, there's that that feeling of you can't be too girly without or, or risk not being taken seriously. And I feel like I felt that way for a very long time. I actually refused to wear pink for years. And I hated the fact that a lot of women workwear had pink zippers or, or was I don't know, like I don't need a pink hard hat. It was something that really bothered me. And I actually liked the color. It was just the fact that I felt when I wore it that immediately I was less or I wasn't taken seriously. I hated the fact that my coveralls couldn't just be the same color as my dad. It made no sense to me. And so with that, I think there was this deeper sense of me wanting to somehow find a way for me to be comfortable with that so once I started getting into my business a little bit deeper and this garlic side of it where I am implementing dried florals and wearing garlic crowns and all these things um that was when it started to resonate within me that it's okay if you're girly it doesn't make you any less capable and if people don't take you seriously that's on them that's not that has nothing to do with my own ability. And being able to own that was very powerful. And it, I felt like it really changed my outlook on how I did things. 
So that was where this rebrand came in. I wanted to be able to show that and to visually represent the fact that I'm not the same as the, the men on our farm. I'm actually very different. I'm small and blonde. I'm, I have my own way of doing things. And that's great. That's where this new logo came in of this garlic goddess wearing a crown of garlic. And then once that kind of started, it was, why wouldn't we do this photo shoot? And I had a big gold sparkly dress, like most people do, right? And so much fun with it. And uh, going into the photo shoot, it was very much our goal, myself and Sandy, my photographer, to portray the fact that you can still be beautiful and be on a farm, right? There, there's no reason why you can't be one or without the other, right? And But while we actually were taking the photos, it was so, the mood around it and everything, the vibe, it was just so empowering. And from there, that's where this full rebrand came from because I love that I'm able to own that. And I want to be able to show other women that they can too. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm just Period. mesmerized listening to this guy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. And we also have the magazine open in front of us so we can see these pictures. And they are just stunning. Stunning. So. Yeah. I just want to say to you, you are a trailblazer. You are an entrepreneur and you're innovating and you will inspire every other woman out there who's thinking, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I should do this or I don't take my business seriously because you're evidence that no matter how you identify if entrepreneur or small business owner, you are that. So I just thank you for sharing yeah. your story today and at, Answering our hard questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like to dig. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's been great, Kristen. And so, Kristen, how can people connect with you online or where can they find you? The platform I use the most is Instagram. They can find me on there. And also on my website, you can get a hold of me that way. Or find the list of all my upcoming markets if you actually want to come chat in person and check it out. That's something that I really love doing is connecting with other women who are going through the same thing that I'm going through or can relate to it. Um, I actually love it when people show up at the markets and they say, hey, I follow you and I do this. And it's great. It's such a it's such a unique experience to be able to connect with people one on one like that. I love so that. True. OK. And then, of course, if you want to highly recommend reading Kristen's article in our fall 2023 issue number 12 and the photos to accompany it. So just again, thank you, Kristen. We're so honored to have talked to you today. You did it. You just finished another episode of the Trailblazer podcast. We love bringing you real life stories and know-how from rural women. Head over to our website, www.trailblazerco.com for today's show notes with all the links and special offers from today's sponsors. Want to help us grow? Tag us and screenshot this episode or share your takeaways in the comments over on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to see you over there. So this is Jan and Erin signing off. See, See you, you next time, Trailblazers. Trailblazers.